Well, as we think about this reaching out, the big idea that we have for today is this. 150 people dreaming the same dream makes one big impact. Uh, we have about 150 people on, our, on average that attend involved church. Now, if they all show up on one Sunday, that's about what you'd see as far as adults go and then kids as well. If all of us are, are working with the same dream, we'll make a big impact. If we're all going different directions, obviously we won't make as big of an impact. But God's got to define what that impact is. And so I think the thing we need to understand is the dream is Jesus' dream. And that really takes us to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Here's what it says. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, now baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. He comes and he tells us, and here is actually he's first talking to his disciples. So by this point, Jesus has already died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He's, he's done his earthly ministry. He's been with them for about 40 days, his disciples, and he's given them a little more instruction, talking about the gospel and what they're supposed to do and how to present it. And before he ascends up into heaven, he tells them this very thing. You need to go out there and make disciples. That means go out there and make followers of Jesus Christ. He tells that to his original disciples, and those original disciples went out and did that. They taught people everything that he had commanded, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He taught those to the disciples, and then those disciples went out and taught them to other people, other disciples. And that has been happening now for 2,000 years. And today, we're called to be his disciples and disciple other people. And so that's what we want to accomplish. That's the dream that Jesus had. That's the command. I think command even has more weight behind it, right? That's the command that God has given us. And so at Involved Church, we like to say this, that we're involving people in the life of Christ and involving Christ in the lives of people. It's our way to kind of take that and make it our own and say, here's what we want to do. We want people to get plugged in to Jesus Christ. And that means into his, his salvation, grace, mercy, faith. That means into his church, the body of Christ. And then Christ needs to be the focus in our lives. So we're involving Christ in the lives of people. That's what we're talking about when we say involving people in the life of Christ and involving Christ in the lives of people. Our vision, then, how we live that out is to involve people in the life of church so we're all working together so that every person in Nampa and the surrounding areas has multiple opportunities to hear about, see in action, and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're all working together so we can go out there and give the gospel to people. Well, here's the good news. You are part of that small, or you are part of that big dream. You're a small part of that big dream. So if that's God's dream, if that's Jesus' dream, here's what I want you to do. Go out there and share the gospel with people. That's his command. You and I play an important part in it. It's a small part, maybe from our point of view, but it's still an important part. And when you, when you step back and you see the whole world, no matter how big of a ministry you have, it's a small ministry compared to the whole world. And in all of time, or at least all of the church age. Romans 12, I love this passage. We're going to dig into it more in, um, well, it'll be the fall, actually, probably in September time period. 
We're going to be hitting Romans 12 at that point. And I love this passage, and I think it, it defines how we work together. So I'll just kind of read through it now. I, I wish I had more time. I could spend an hour, two, three, probably talking this morning. So I'm, I'm probably talking fast and uh, hopefully intentional so that we can move through this together well. So I'll read this passage. I'm just going to stop a few times. You've probably heard that before, and I stop a little more than a few. But um, stop a few times as we, we move through this passage. Romans 12, verse 3 through 21, it says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Paul tells us that because we need to hear it, right? Uh, It's pretty easy for each of us to think of ourselves more highly than we should. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. God has given a role and a purpose to each single person. And, And there's a reason for each of us in the family of God, in the church of God, the body of Christ. And so if you come in and you're like, oh, I don't really know what my purpose is, well, let's figure it out. Let's pray about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, in fact, we even have some tools, and I'll talk about it a little bit, that you can go into and, and you can look, um, you can go to our website and you can, you can look at a spiritual gift assessment and maybe that'll help. That might get some, some wheels turning. Um, those are things you can do and, and look at how God has designed you or is going to use you in the body of Christ. Verse 4, now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. A lot of times sports teams are used for this analogy. If you go into a sports team, the larger the sports team, the more uh, specialized positions you have. The smaller the sports team, obviously not. We're not supposed to be golfers. Okay, does that make sense? A golfer has one person, goes up, hits the tee. Yeah, you might have a caddy to help you carry your bags. You can be a basketball team. There's five on that. I don't know how many does hockey have. I don't even know. Is it five? Is it only five per team, per side? Okay. Football team has 11. Very specialized. Each one has their own position. Of course, then there's offense and defense, so you can have even more at that point. That's a great analogy, I think, to how the church ought to function. We have different people in the church with different strengths and different weaknesses, and we ought to work together. And God has designed you to be part of the body of Christ. Verse 6, according to the grace that's given to us, we have different gifts if prophecy. And the idea of prophecy, I think, is taking God's word, explaining it in a very applicable way in the current culture. Use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, serving people, serving one another, use it in service. If teaching, taking God's word and explaining it so people can understand it in teaching. If exhorting or encouraging each other, then, then do it. Encourage each other. If giving with generosity then give with generosity, just like you guys did this, this year. That was so cool to see the money come in for the teachers. I can't wait to, to, to let them know. And uh, by the way, I do want to tell you 
Next week, if you guys want to, if anybody would like to do this, I think it'd be cool to wrap those gifts. We should have them all by next week. We can put it back here if you want to come in afterwards. We can wrap them and give them to the teachers. Put it in the uh, teacher's lounge over here. Make a pyramid Christmas tree out of it. I don't know what it'd be. Um, but that might be a cool way. So if you would like to do that, you can talk to me, talk to Pastor Luke, and, and we can maybe make that happen. But you guys gave with generosity, leading taking people, guiding people, do it with diligence, showing mercy when people are so difficult or they do something that's so hard or maybe they offend somebody that you would show mercy to them and do it with cheerfulness. Not begrudgingly, but cheerfully. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Do you think we love each other deeply? Yeah, in some ways. Do do we love the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, deeply? You could go back into history and look at ways that people in the body of Christ have probably loved each other deeply. And I'm often challenged by this because I think for many of us, maybe I'm just speaking of the, the American church as a whole, but I think there's a lot of consumerism in the American church, and we end up coming to the church thinking more about ourselves than we do about each other, and that is not love. You go into marriage counseling, and almost always you get these two that come in together, and they start talking with each, talking about each other. And almost always, it's that person doesn't respond favorably to me. That person has hurt me, and oftentimes it comes from a lot of, and, and sometimes, you know, real hurt and pain and all of that. But oftentimes people come from this idea that it's it's me, me, me. And my challenge to them is always to go back like First Corinthians chapter or excuse me, Ephesians chapter five, where it talks about how the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's hard. But that's what love is. God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we we're still sinners, Christ died for us. We have to love each other by giving up ourselves and caring for one another. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor even. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. You get a theme here? Look out for one another. Care for one another. Love each other. Bless those who even persecute you. And do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another and do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
You want to know how to make Pastor Ryan angry? Go out and try to hurt other people in the church. I don't know that we'd always do it intentionally, but it happens. When you sow discord, when you're out there and you're living for yourself, when you are, have a, a preference and you're trying to push that preference on other people and you're maybe stirring up the pot a little bit, I get ticked off a little bit. Because I don't like to see the church fight and grumble and complain. We ought to be living at peace with one another, caring for one another, giving up our own preferences at times. I don't get my way all the way, all the time. Sometimes. And you guys don't get your way all the time, but that's what being a body of Christ is about, is working together and taking the strengths from each person and using it for the honor and glory of God. So we're not out to repay anyone evil for evil. We're not out to cause problems. We're not out to sow discord among others. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. I love that verse. There are times I go to God and I'm like, God, this one really hurts. This person really stings. What they said, what they did really hurts. But you know what? You're going to take care of it. And the honest truth is, they have to stand before you. And that's a lot worse than standing before me. God will repay if need be. Or maybe God just teaches them a lesson. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. That's what we ought to be doing. And that's what we want to do this next year as we live out our faith here in our community. And the more we love each other, the more... The more we pour into each other's lives, the better examples we become out into this world. So you are a small part of this big dream. Know your purpose and define your small dream. Now, if you're saying, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God has used me for. Then I will encourage you, go to our website. You can go to Next Steps. Click on Next Steps. It's going to bring up a page. On that page, you'll start to read through some things, and it'll say on there, you can take a spiritual gift assessment. Is that right? Spiritual gift? Something like that. Those words. You'll see them, I think, highlighted in blue. You can click on that, and it'll ask you a series of questions, and it'll give you an idea, roughly, of what what your spiritual gift may be. And so you can look at that and go through it if you haven't done that before. Now, another way to just look at it is ask this simple question. And it could be a little harder to answer, but you can ask the question, what has God given me a passion for? It's not always an easy thing. I don't want you to understand it that way. It's not something you always like, I love doing this. But what has he given you a passion for, and how has it impacted people spiritually? If it has caused or helped people to grow in their faith, then most likely that is a spiritual gift. Because God is using you to disciple other people and draw him closer. So that's one way you can know your purpose and define your small dream. Just a couple thoughts. Greeters. You're just out there meeting people, right? But you can greet people like you're going to make a difference in their life. Because you do. 
When you come through the door, and hopefully, especially if you're new, but certainly it shouldn't just be for new people, by the time you come into this room, hopefully you've ran into three or four people who have smiled and shaken your hand and made you feel welcome here. Right? Teachers, teach like God's word is the most significant lesson to teach because it is. Life group hosts, your home makes a difference to how people open up. Worshippers, that goes for all of us. You are a witness to people who may be just trying to figure things out. The way we worship here on a Sunday morning. If you're just like this, that's great. Then what, what kind of a witness is that for the people around you? And that guy really likes the Lord, doesn't he? Right? If, if when the message comes up and we're reading scripture, we're like, and we're just kind of doing something else, distracted, then people are going to look around and go, oh, they're not really engaged. How do we worship God in a way that, that is an example and a witness for others? Prayer warriors, you keep us suited up in armor. Set up crew, you provide an environment for worship. Encouragers, you help us all keep our, our heads up and our eyes forward. Coffee team, well, you give most of us a smile in the morning. Givers, you keep this church paying its bills and reaching out to the community. We have disciples, counselors, life group leaders, evangelists, cookie team members, Bible study leaders, people who call, people who text, and many more who help keep us connected. Those are all important, and we ought to be having each one person, each person be used in that way. You know what people want, right? They want to know that they're loved. They want to know that they're cared for. But we have this gospel that tells them Jesus Christ loves them. He died on the cross. He gave his life up for them. The God of the universe who created them who breathed life into them, came to this earth and gave himself up. That's what we tell them, and that's the knowledge that they have. The body of Christ is here to show them what love looks like. And we ought to be doing that. I can't love Nampa alone, and neither can you. So together, we can do a whole lot more and a whole lot better. Well, I think our 2020 dream and kind of finishes off the, the 2019 dream is coming true. And this is kind of the last point I want to talk about as we think about just our, our 2020 dream, maybe Vision 2020. I know a lot of people are talking about that. Oh, this is cool, Vision 2020, or 2020 Vision. Um, but really, it's, it's our dream for 2020. And some of it's already coming true, and I'm excited to talk about that. One of the biggest things that we're doing this year is we're doing more in the way of leadership development. And so I want to just, I'll take you to a, a page here, and I'm going to see if this works. Tim, I might need your help a little bit to scroll down on the side. So I think if you come, if you go back there, you can scroll down, and you're going to see a three-phased approach. And I talked about this oh, sometime back in the fall a little bit, and I want to just kind of bring you up to speed and show you a little bit about um, what, this, what this looks like. You might have to go over here, Tim. You probably can't even see the scroll bar, though. Oh, there you go. Cool. All right. So phase one, I just want to show you this a little bit. Phase one is already kind of underway. 
This is the first step in leadership development and is designed to expand your capacity as a potential leader in society and the church. It spans a time period of 12 months, meeting Saturday per month and covering, uh, well, sorry, meeting one Saturday per month and covering a variety of leadership topics. By the time you have completed Step Up, uh, you will have a firm grasp on what is required to move forward in leading people and yourself as well, specifically in the context of the local church. We're launching that this January. Uh, it's already full. So if you're like, oh, cool, I want to do that. Um, sorry, it is full. Uh, we kind of put it out there. Uh, if you remember at that point, I just said, hey, if anybody's interested, come and talk. And it, it filled up. So uh, what we hope to do is do this every year. And so uh, that is the bad news. If you're like, oh, I want to do that, well, then you might have to wait, wait a year. Um, but I'm excited about that. And this is kind of our pilot year. So you might want to wait till the second year anyhow. So. Um, <laughs> But I think it's going to be it's going to be a good time. Go to to phase three. Okay, so you guys are familiar with Josh. He was just here for a year. Josh is more in the phase or was in the phase three. This phase of leadership development is designed to give you the chance to gain practical ministry experience in preparation for vocational ministry. In general, the focus of this twelve month phase is on equipping you to start a church plant or revitalize a church but it's not necessarily limited to this role. Because of this emphasis, the focus will be primarily on honoring pastoral skills, uh, oh, excuse me, honing pastoral skills, and a recommendation for future ministry roles will accompany the conclusion. Uh, That is kind of the the finishing touch. If you want to plant a church specifically, that's that's kind of the, the last one before we say, hey, go out and plant a church. And so Josh just went through that. He's over in, I think he might be in Des Moines now or on his way there. And uh, we'll be doing that uh, this next year, hopefully, God willing. So that is, the, is that phase. Now, what we started to ask the question is, well, what about in the middle? So Josh comes in. He's already got some of his Bible training and that sort of thing. And we don't have anything from phase one to phase three. And so that's the idea behind phase two. So go ahead and go back to phase two. And this is what it says. In the second phase of our leadership development, we engage you in a roughly 36-month training that covers theology, practical ministry experience, and attention to your personal walk with God while engaging in ministry in the local church and community. Step forward is primarily for those looking to be trained for a future in vocational ministry job. This can include a variety of ministry paths and is not limited to pastoral ministry. So this is taking a person who hasn't received necessarily Bible training, Bible education, and saying, hey, as a church, we can do this for the next three years or so and help you get grounded. And hopefully by the end of it, you'll have confidence to be able to go into God's Word and interpret Scripture. You'll have a good idea, possibly even write up a doctrinal statement so you know where you are on a lot of major issues. Um, And then be able to defend that doctrinal statement. You'll be able to have a, a confidence of leading people through Bible studies, preaching and teaching, and those types of things. So that is, is phase two in the idea behind phase two. So there you have step up, step forward, and step out. And the idea behind each one of those is step up, challenge people to step into leadership if that's what call, God has called them to do. Step forward, taking another step into more vocational ministry. And then step out is the idea that you would be trained to go out and do a church plant, do a service outside of the church. Well, what uh, I wanted to share with you, and the reason we're even hitting on this, 
uh, is because we have a person who is doing the Step Forward program, and I just wanted to announce that today, that Brett Burheim is going to be going through that uh, along, well, Quinn and Liberty are up there too, so they're all part of that as well. Um, excited about that. I know we are over time this morning already, but there's a lot of information, so I've got to kind of give you a little bit of what's going on. Brett has been with us from the beginning. I mean, if you've been here, you know that. Uh, Brett has demonstrated an immense amount of faithfulness. Uh, he, has, he has taught our youth. He has worked with our youth. Um, Brett is hoping to be able to raise enough support um, so that he can be part-time, half-time doing ministry and training, and then half-time doing a, a business on the side where he'll be fixing cars. And if you have a car that needs to be fixed, you can talk to Brett. Um, but Brett's excited about this. And I'll just tell you already. I mean, we're talking like he would love to do 20, 20 hours or so. Already, just on a Sunday morning, Brett's here, usually one of the first ones here, 745 to 8 o'clock. Uh, Quinn comes in and joins him uh, a little bit later. They serve. They work. They do ministry here. Uh, then they go home somewhere, probably about one or two, maybe take a nap. Or they start preparing for youth group. They come back at 6 or maybe 5.30, open everything up. They're working all the way through that. And then they lock up the church probably around 8, 15 to 8.30. That's their Sunday. And Brett wants to do more of that. Can you believe it? That's all volunteer up to this point. Uh, and so he has been faithful to do that week after week and more. He's also a deacon. Uh, and works in several other area ministries, and he would like to go into vocational ministry, and so we want to do what we can to help him get there. Uh, we're going to be uh, allowing people, if they'd like to support Brett, they can. Uh, he's written up a letter, and, and he'll give that out to you. You can see him uh, afterwards. Uh, Brett and Quinn, I think, can, can give you that letter. They can talk to you about how you can do that. You can do it through the church here at Involved Church, uh, the same way that maybe you supported Josh. You just go online, and there will be a, a drop-down tab there if you want to give through that. Uh, just let us know, and, and we can help out in that way. We're hoping that he can raise enough funds to, to be able to do that part-time, half-time, half-and-half. That would be awesome. That would be an answer to prayer. I wish as a church we could just hire him part-time, um, but we're still trying to get Luke and I fully paid. And once we do that, then we can look at some of those things. And so um, we're on mission support. If you didn't know that already, we're a mission church. And so we're, we're weaning off of that. We're getting really close. Uh, and we hope to be able to do that as well soon. So I'm excited about that. I hope you guys are too. Uh, Brent and Quinn have done a lot for us. And I'm excited to see God continue to use them. So make sure you congratulate them. Or I don't know if that's a congratulation yet. Maybe three years from now, we'll have a big old celebration and all that kind of stuff. But be praying for them. Uh, that's that's a big, big deal. The last thing I just want to hit on, I think that's really important, and I'm excited about, is the fact that we can, as a church, maintain an outward focus. We have a leadership team, as you saw, come up last week and talk about that, that they want to see people reach for Christ. We don't want to get so inward thinking, so inward focus, that we lose sight of the fact that God has brought us here to reach out and connect with people in the community. And one of the things we're really going to drive home and, and, and start the year off is that all of us together as life group members are going to be going through a material called Starting Point together. There's a reason behind that. Okay? The main 
Number one reason is starting point is our first step. If you have somebody and you're like, they're asking a lot of questions about their faith, they're asking a lot of questions about Jesus, then bring them into starting point. Now, I think what would be helpful is if all of us go through starting point together, if you're in a life group, you're going to be able to do that. If you're not, then we'll offer starting point up and you can jump into that later. But if you go through starting point, you'll begin to see, oh, this is what it talks about. And hopefully you'll be able to encourage your friends that might be asking questions to join a starting point later on. Or you might even decide to do that in a small group of your own, and we can help get materials and do those types of things. There's a lot of different ways we can do that. But it'd be really helpful to say, yes, this is a material that helps us walk through and ask those questions. Some of you have already been through starting point, and you know how great it is. So that's, that's one of the reasons as a church we decided it would be great to spend the next life group session going through starting point together so we can all see what, how, how beneficial it is in reaching out to our community. So I want to encourage you, if you're not in a life group, join up with one and, uh, and work through starting point together. That doesn't start this week. That starts the following week. Uh, and hopefully your life group leader will be uh, talking with you along the way. All right, there you go. I just opened up the fire hose, gave you a bunch of information. I know that's a massive overload, and we're still late, so I didn't talk quite as fast as I could have. A couple of questions for you to ask as we close up. What is your dream for 2020, and how does it tie into the big dream Jesus has for his church? Okay, so what is your big dream, or what is, what is your dream, and how does it tie in to Jesus' dream? And then please, if you can, enter your dream into the hub. Now, if you can't, I don't know if we still have response cards. You're like, I don't have a smartphone to do that or something. Then you might be able to write that down and still give that in if you'd like to. You can go back and grab one with a pen. But I would love to know what it is God is challenging you to do and how I can pray for you and how I could then encourage you as well. Because I want to be able to encourage you to continue to serve in the way you believe right now that God's convicting you to do it the way he's convicting you to serve. So please enter your dream. You can go to the hub. It's on our, our website. If you go to involvedchurch.com slash hub, then there's information there, and you can enter in some of those, some of those thoughts in there. Um, but we have a couple minutes here as we close to think of those things. We will pray, and as, as always, you can come. Find me afterwards. If you have any questions about these things, uh, that would be great. If you would like to talk to Brett and Quinn, they'll be here. Brett just took off for a moment, but I think he'll be back. So, Oh, he's right over here. So, um, He's getting ready to, to finish up for us. So uh, think about those things as we come to a close.